Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What's up, everybody? 43rd episode of the Gin Jag podcast here. We're coming at you live from Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, due to some internet outages due to Hurricane Irma, we are recording with some different software today. So if anything goes wrong, it's not our fault. Please forgive us. And hopefully everything will be just fine, obviously. And we weren't able to do our intro here because we usually use a uh, program that mixes our intro in for us, but we can't do it today. So it's just us. No high tech intros, no fancy. We got no bells and whistles. Yeah, no we got bells no, and whistles. No internet for fact checking, so we're kind of flying blind here. Yeah, no <laughs> service, no internet, no cable. So it'll be a fun, fun episode. Is this what for the cavemen sure. felt like? Yeah, when they were recording their podcast. I think I think this is, I how think they this felt. is exactly how it was. <laughs> As always, this episode is presented by Bold City Brewery. You can find them at boldcitybrewery.com on Facebook, Instagram. And Twitter at Bold City Brewery. You can find my co-host Scott Klein at Scott Klein One on Twitter. Find myself at Jordan Delugo on Twitter. And make sure to check out Gen Jag. You can find us on Twitter at Generation Jag for all the latest news and analysis updates. That is really one of the quickest accounts to have all your Jaguar stuff up and covered. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Generation Jaguar. And check out the website, genjag.com. News, analysis, videos, podcasts, obviously. So yeah, go check us out. And make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. And on iTunes, if you could leave us a review, we'd really appreciate it. So, Irma just rolled through here. We obviously don't have internet. There's a lot of people in town still without power. How'd your house hold up, Scott? Not bad. Not bad. We lost a couple, uh, couple sections in our fence. Our palm trees took a beating, but um, everyone's safe. Everyone's dry. So yeah, it, it we we got off pretty darn well, if you ask me. Awesome. Yeah, our house seems to be okay as well. And uh, unfortunately, my family's condo. I'm not sure if you saw it. 
on Facebook. We have a condo in Crescent Beach at Summer House. Apparently a water spout came up on land. Oh. Or maybe multiple. And the units, the condos are multiple stories. Ours is on the first floor, so ours wasn't completely destroyed, but the upper stories of our unit were absolutely destroyed by the tornado. Yeah. So we haven't made it down there yet to assess the damage and see what's going on, but that's going to happen soon. But the Jinjag podcast, we're not here to bring you down. We're here to help you escape reality and enjoy some Jaguars talk. Coming off a big win against the Houston Texans in week one, not many people gave the Jaguars a chance to win the game. I personally didn't think they were going to win the game. Scott, I'm not sure if you had much confidence in them winning. No, no, not really. (laughs) Neither of us, I don't think, were shocked at the result because we knew what this team could do if everything went right. It's just, but you just hadn't seen everything go right. It doesn't nor you don't normally after the game go back and say, okay, yep, they did that, they did that, they check all the boxes off, right? And it just there was a couple boxes that weren't checked, but we'll get into that obviously. Yeah. But, no, I mean, from a physicality standpoint, um, even some of our weaknesses turned out <laughs> it turned out to be just fine. Right. And actually excelled at times. Yeah. Um, it was very, very impressive, unexpected. But we knew what the blueprint was. Right. And it was just a matter of if they were able to execute it, and they, they, they did that. No doubt. And now Jaguars Twitter has had a great week. Yeah. <laughs> It's been a lot of fun. Once this team starts winning... <laughs> yeah, it's just going to go nuts Twitter's here. Go oh, one thing we do need to remind you, uh, Generation Jaguar and the Jaguars have partnered together to put a package together for the game this weekend. It's $45 for a ticket, and $10 of that purchase goes directly to Hurricane Irma Relief. So if you want to help out in the community... And you also want to go to the Jaguar game? You can knock out two birds with one stone. Check it out at uh, any of our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Not up on the website yet because our internet went out. But that is what it is. But yeah, we're just really excited to be able to try to raise some money for, for hurricane relief and get some people some tickets to the game. So... First things first, we had a couple surgeries completed for the Jaguars today. Allen Robinson tore his left ACL on the first drive of the 2017 season. I think it was a third play. Yeah, and he got a first down on the play. Pulled up limping and uh, unfortunately it ended up being one of the worst possible things. The torn ACL. It seemed like such a non non-issue too like he, he caught it he didn't even go to the well, ground so often it does that's the thing yeah. like when Dante Fowler tore his ACL he walked off too he walked it, off the field it just like, it, it wasn't, happens all the time it wasn't really a hard tackle he didn't even go to the ground he just it, it, he, he jumped up to catch the ball and landed and took it took a couple steps yeah and he just hobbled back yeah poor guy you really Awful. feel for A-Rob now what does that mean for the Jaguars in terms of this is the final year of his contract? I personally don't think that it means too much. I think that if they do re-sign him, it could be at a slightly cheaper price. I don't think that NFL teams are going to be like 
uh, we can't sign Allen Robinson because he tore his ACL. There's going to be teams that want Allen Robinson oh, yeah. if he becomes a free agent. I don't think that'll happen because I think if they can't work out a deal, they'll franchise tag him. And and there was a lot said after he was injured that there was yeah. some there were some rumblings going on that they were telling other teams that they were, they were prepared, they were to, prepared do to do it. Yeah. Um, so I mean that's that's something obviously you can't let a guy like that walk, no. even if you have to pay him for a year top like top market money, which he probably deserves anyway. Right. I mean, so it's basically a one year contract. Um, I mean, he's a guy you got to keep in it. It's going to hurt. Suddenly, you go from how can you keep – like who, who are you going to be able to keep in the wide receiver room? Because there's eight guys there, and you got, you got to keep five or six of them. And now they just signed um, Max, Max McCaffrey. McCaffrey from the Saints just, just to have a body yeah. as a fifth receiver. Yeah. So it, just, it, it flips so quickly just like that in the NFL. A strength can turn into a weakness, and you got to be able to roll right. with it. And that gets us to our other surgery that was completed today. D.D. Westbrook had his core muscle surgery, so we still don't know how long that's going to keep him out. He he should be eligible to come back. Right, at the earliest, week, uh, yeah, week, week nine, but yeah. that's assuming he's ready Yeah, by then. Let's, um, and then you got Marquise Lee, who has a track record of, of right. getting injured, so but he's not right now. He's so not. You can't. It's just it makes me a little bit nervous. Yeah, and I mean Hearns hasn't had the best history of health in the mm-hmm. NFL as well. And then after that, you're looking at Keelan Cole and Aurelius Ben. Aurelius Ben was out of the league for a while because he couldn't stay healthy. Yeah. No, I mean, looking at it, it looks like you know you, you, the team loses their number one receiver. It's a disaster, but. As it stands now, it's not a disaster. Correct. Because if they follow the blueprint and it, the games go like they did, which they're not going to go to the extent. Not so, every, Bortles not, isn't going to be able to throw only 21 passes yeah. every game. But they shouldn't have to. The, their game plan is they shouldn't have to rely on Bortles to make a big comeback to, for these receivers to make big plays. It's really just, you know, possess the ball, move the chains, grind the defense down. And wear him down and, and through the fourth quarter. And most of that's going to be on the back of Leonard Fournette. Right. And if you're looking at Alan Hearns and Marquise Lee in terms of talent, that is not a group that you are uncomfortable with. Yeah, they gave Alan Hearns $40 million. Right. I mean, that is not a group they, they gave him for a reason. The slightest. Uh, Hearns, when given more opportunities, usually does some really nice things with the ball. I mean, I can just. There's this. Stigma with Hearns that he's just all reliable. He's not that great. He doesn't have to do anything great. But what sticks out to me when I think about Hearns is his ability to make huge plays out of plays that look like they shouldn't be made at all. Yeah. And this offseason, when the Jaguars and the Buccaneers had their joint practices together, I can't remember which cornerback it was that was covering Alan Hearns on a route. But Alan Hearns oh, had yeah. that guy flying five yards in the wrong direction and falling on his ass. The guy just he, he just got up and started walking yeah. walking back to the he huddle. Did not even try to even, finish the play. Yeah, it was it was ridiculous. So for people that think Hearns isn't like a super talented guy, that's that's not accurate. He might not be an Allen Robinson or even a Marquise Lee for that matter. But those are two guys that were first round talents in their draft, mm-hmm. with without question. Yeah. Uh, so. Hearns will be fine. Lee will be fine. 
Aurelia's been, you can do some interesting things when you have him out there as a receiver, certainly, in terms of running the ball. Yeah, he's very and physical. throwing more screens to other wide receivers. You can get him out there blocking. So that might be some different some different uh, types of sets you'll see with Aurelius Ben. And then Keelan Cole, the guy needs to catch the ball. Yeah. He had an amazing start to his uh, training camp and preseason. But in the uh, last two preseason games he played in, which was week two and week three of the preseason, he had big drops that would have been touchdowns. Mm-hmm. He had a pass in this one that it's hard to tell if he should have caught it or not. It looked like the defender got his hand on it, but it still hit Keelan Cole right in the hand. Yeah, it looks like it looked. It was in a position where he was only really able to get one hand up and yeah. kind of just reach for it and hope he kind of knocks it to himself. Yeah. And it looks like maybe the defender got a hand on it. Um, Either way, it looked to me like Bortles should have led Cole a little yeah. bit more than he did on that play, but still maybe a play that Cole should have made. Mm-hmm. So... And when you're the guy that's dropping the balls, and then you have a play that maybe yeah. you could have made, people are automatically going to assume you should have made it. So it just doesn't look good for Cole. But, you know, he'll have his opportunities to show off that speed and really show the fact that he hasn't been a guy in the past that ever had drop issues. I mean, his start to preseason and training camp, he was catching everything yeah. that was thrown at him. Making really impressive catches. So, he's a guy that probably needs to get out of his own head a little bit. Mm-hmm. And he'll have his opportunities to do that, without question. So, yeah, A-Rob and DD both had their surgeries. They'll be out, A-Rob, for the rest of the season. DD at least until uh, he's eligible to return week nine. And, uh, yeah, so... I already talked a lot about the Jaguars and Texans matchup on Sunday when I did my solo show, Um, which that's why I'm calling this the 43rd episode of the Gen Gen Podcast. When I do it by myself, that's not a real episode. It's just like a little update. Yeah, just quick thoughts. Yeah. So anyways, I wanted to get uh, your thoughts more. Me and you have talked ad nauseum about the game, but share your thoughts on that game, just some of the things that stood out to you. With our uh, listening audience, yeah, I'm. I went back and watched it again today. Um, I thought the offensive line played. They played great. They played good. The right side ha- had some struggles, but as on a whole, performed a lot better than I expected. Um, as far as Can and Parnell um, know, being out there, that it, is amazing. Yeah, they the the, the coaching staff really helped them. They, they kind of play there's a lot of plays where they were running away from JJ Watt or having having Mercedes Lewis come and blow him up off the line um, now they, Scott's not trying to toot his own horn <laughs> over here but Scott uh, he while he was uh, breaking down the game a little bit today was tweeting out some of the plays that he really enjoyed and one of them is Mercedes Lewis absolutely flattened yeah. JJ if you, Watt. If you haven't seen it, go take a look. He yeah, just at Scott Klein one on Twitter. Scott knocks him on his ass. Scott had a nice cool. caption there too. Yeah, pick on someone your own size. <laughs> yeah. Like you, you wouldn't expect that to be like a six six, three hundred pound guy. Yeah, but I mean, he looks like a child. Ev- everyone just came with that physicality on yeah. the offensive line. The Dude. defense was flying around. 
the, this this secondary is no joke. And that's not even talking about the best part with the guys that got 10 sacks, the defensive yeah. line. Yeah. It was all around. It was an unbelievable game. There were some slip-ups. You know, there were some dumb mental mistakes. Um, the refs so helped out a little bit. Let's talk about those penalties a little bit. Did you uh, re-watch each one of the A.J. Boye pass interferences? Yeah. Um, they were getting physical. They were. De- DeAndre Hopkins is one of the most physical receivers around as far as pushing off. And boy, he, the same way as a corner. Yeah, he'll, they, they both like to put their hands on the other guys. And they used and to match up in practice every yeah. day. So, I mean... It, That's not a thing I'm saying because they were on the same team. Like, they've talked about it. Yeah. They used to go against each other in practice every single day. So, it's it's not a surprise to me that the, the more you get pushed off, the more you're going to try and be physical and try and get into the body of the receiver who's trying to obviously create separation like that. So, I mean, there, there, you know, one of them, it was obvious. I mean, he, he, he kind of tripped up a little bit and just kind of rode him to the ground. Um, Better than giving up a big play. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are another, there are a couple of other ones. Eh, I mean, they're fighting. There was a lot of push offs that Deandre Hopkins didn't get called for. Right. But, I mean, it's just that there were back-to-back penalties on Boye, which makes you go, what, like, what's this guy doing? I think there's a third, even on that same drive, where I think it was right after Deshaun Watson came in. Um, this, <laughs> the, the refs basically took him down the field because we, ha- we stopped him on third down, yeah. and we got an interception, and both were called back yeah. because of penalties. Yeah, that can be very frustrating. You know what's not frustrating? The internet has returned. Oh, hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) I guess we're just going to finish out our episode here since we've already recorded 16 minutes on this uh, foreign software that we're not used to, but that's all good. Good to see the internet's back here. I mean, there was... was, Dante Fowler had illegal hands to the face. Um, A couple, I think, holding penalties, but it wasn't terrible. What I really wanted to talk about is the two... Penalties on the same drive that were both really either in the red zone or close to the red zone mm-hmm. for the Texans. I believe it was actually Deshaun Watson's first drive where they scored the touchdown. Yeah, it was. Uh, where Dante Fowler got illegal hands of the face or um, roughing the passer, and then Unique Ngakwe got the other one. They both got penalized. Yeah. And Okay, and Gakwe's was roughing the passer because they it were was. saying that he was targeting. It looks uh, he like. put he put the crown put of his, his helmet down, into his. But into that was his not chest. a big hit. It wasn't, but they really they're really trying to crack down on that. If it's not a big the, hit, that's BS in my opinion. It's it's basically creating the muscle memory of just don't even think about doing this to avoid any kind of injury. I understand it. It's a it's a dumb penalty because it wasn't. He didn't even go to the ground. No, and that that was on the, the Miles Jack interception play. Right. Yeah. And that was a big swing. And then... Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. That was the... that The, the Dante Fowler was the... Right, uh, and the Dante Fowler ones is, was the one that they said it was hands to the face, and he didn't even touch Deshaun yeah. Watson. I think, I think it was on the... He was pushing offensive linemen and got his hand onto his face mask, getting to Deshaun Defensive Watson. linemen do that every play. They do. <laughs> it's just whether or not the refs see it. That is, yeah, that is... It's something that I guarantee you Marone's going to try and correct. Yeah, I mean, but again, it's almost like you try to stop them from doing plays like that, and you're 
limiting what they can actually do on the field because they really didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, because that's that's a turnover or a punt. Yeah, on the same drive that they they put points on the board. Yeah, it's pretty frustrating killer. there. And that's one thing we'll get into. Well, I guess we've already gotten into it. Just penalties against the Titans. The Jaguars have to clean up the penalties. Yeah. They had ten penalties on the day. Uh, just can't have ten penalties. No. Not against good teams. I mean, you'd think the Texans are probably a pretty good team. We don't know anymore. <laughs> yeah. But we still think the Titans are, in my opinion, the class of the AFC South. This, this next Until game... Until the Jaguars beat them, then... Yeah. This next game is going to be kind of a barometer of how the AFC South is going to go. Absolutely. Now, getting back to the Texans game... What else did you really like? Uh, I know you tweeted out about Telvin Smith. Yeah, that guy's a warrior. He's he 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 takes on all comers. He'll he even when he knows he's the target on a play. There's this one time where he was matched up with a wide receiver, and 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 uh, Savage uh, Tom Savage just kind of points at him, and he's like, "Come on!" He just pounds his chest like, <laughs> "Bring it on, man! Let's go!" He makes a play. I just I love the kind of heart that he brings, the passion. Guys flying around. Um, Barry Church just looks so much smoother and quicker than Jonathan Cyprian, and he actually wraps up. Yeah. He made. He got to the flats quickly. He read it. As soon as the guy caught it, he was in his face, and he got him to the ground. Watching Barry Church now, it's hard to believe that we even ever would stick up for Jonathan Cyprian. I know. And and even even watching Jonathan Cyprian highlights from or I'm sorry lowlights from the Raiders game that they just played yeah was just he was flashback before was like he got up. injured against the Raiders last week which we were going to get into a little bit later but before he got injured he was playing terrible football awful bad angles that's what we that's what I saw from the Titans yeah. guys of course it's bad angles we could have told you that. <laughs> But it's Miles Jack just get, being everywhere. I swear he he caused every concussion on that team. <laughs> all those tight ends. Yeah, yeah. Those poor Houston tight ends. All three of them went down with injuries. They oh, had to sign dude. a guy off the uh, off the streets to come in and be their tight end. But it's you. You can't. You can, we could be here all night talking about how, like how great everyone played, just because there wasn't really a hole. Well, there was a hole in special teams with the kicking because there were some issues. But other than that, there were some minor slip-ups, but it was just a dominating performance and something we haven't seen like that in years. It's the first time since 2011 we've been over 500 and won the season opener. But it is not the first time we've blown out the Tennessee Titans in the last calendar year. This is... Sorry, an AFC South opponent in the uh, last calendar year. Yeah. I'm getting ahead of myself with blowing out the Titans a little bit there. But, hey, we'll see what happens on Sunday. Uh, now, Jaguars lead the league in sacks. Lead the league in forced fumbles. Second in the league in defensive touchdowns because the Rams were able to score twice against the Colts on defense. <laughs> My goodness. Calais Campbell leads the league in sacks. He has double the amount of sacks of any other player with four. In second place is his teammate, Unique Ngakwe, <laughs> with two. Crazy. Unique Ngakwe leads the league in forced fumbles. 
Dante Fowler is tied for first place in defensive touchdowns. Deshaun Gibson's tied for first place in interceptions. Um, Leonard Fournette was one of four or one of five running backs to go for a hundred yards. And you know, it's just I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out another going. I'm gonna throw out another it's kind of a stat for the offensive line, but not really. Mike Dempsey brought it up the uh, I think it was this morning. Either this morning or yesterday. Um, the often the Texans offensive line had as many tackles as JJ Watt and Clowney combined. <laughs> Yeah. That's that's unbelievable. Yeah, it's uh something else. Just the the fact that because they were they were tackling on turnovers, yeah. Yeah. it's it, <laughs> that's you would never in a million years could have convinced me that that something like that would happen. You know what's really really funny too and uh shout out to Michael Irvin cuz I'm sure the Jaguars were watching you the morning of the game. But Michael Irvin said that he thought J.J. Watt in his bold prediction for this game, or for the week, actually, I think, that J.J. Watt would set the uh, sack record for the NFL. Break seven sacks. And the Jaguars had different ideas about that. (laughs) He didn't get more than a tackle. Jaguars tried to set some records of their own, and they did. That 10-sack performance was a franchise single-game record. Calais Campbell's four sacks is a franchise single-game record. So kudos to those guys. Really, really impressive stuff. Now, let's get to the Tennessee Titans. They played the Raiders last week. They lost to the Raiders last week. They played the Raiders at home. Um, You really expected to see more out of the Titans in that one. They struggled to finish drives, which is something you haven't seen from Marcus Mariota in the past. Most of the people that are huge fans or uh, admire, excuse me, admirers of Mariota will point to his stellar record inside the red zone in terms of touchdowns. He had never, I don't know if he threw an interception in this game, but he'd never thrown an interception in the red zone, and he's thrown a ton of touchdowns in there, and I think his completion percentage is around 70% in the red zone. So normally, he's a guy that is a drive finisher, but they were not able to finish their drives against the Raiders. Their run defense wasn't able to really get going against the Raiders. Jarrell Casey got steamrolled by Marshawn Lynch. It was like really similar to the Mercedes Lewis and J.J. Watt play, where it's just like... Did that just happen? That was Jarrell Casey. (laughs) And not all of our listeners might really know who Jarrell Casey is. Obviously, big-time football fans and you know, fanatics will know who he is. He's one of the best defensive tackles in football. And he just got rolled by Marshawn Lynch. Looked like a kid. Yeah. It's crazy. These huge men just getting worked by other huge men. (laughs) But you don't expect to see Jarrell Casey or J.J. Watt on the ground uh, after only one guy's hitting him, you know? It's crazy. It just shows you old man Lynch... He's just a timeless wonder. He's money, man. He set out a whole last year, and he just ran for seventy-five yards, and yeah, and like it was, and just well, he plowing over people. Yeah, and he he kind of had a game to me like Leonard Fournette, where if you just look at the numbers, mm-hmm. Leonard Fournette twenty-six carries, a hundred yards, three point eight yards a carry. That's nothing special if you're just looking at the numbers, but when you watch the tape, 
of Leonard Fournette's performance and you watch the tape of Marshawn Lynch's performance, they dominated their opponents and their opponents didn't want to hit them. Yeah. Now, some of these uh, yards per carry total or averages end up being the way they are because of short yarded situations, goal line situations, other such things. So those two guys were both dominant. But getting back to the Titans... Uh, they were without their number one corner, LaShawn Sims, last week. They lost Jonathan Cyprian in the game. Uh, they weren't really able to create a ton of pressure on Derek Carr. The Raiders do have a great offensive line, one of the very best in football. But the Titans have a Rackpo, Jarrell Casey, Derek Morgan. They're a team that expects to be able to at least pressure the quarterback at some points throughout the game. Yeah, and... They kind of got out of the Tennessee kind of got out of their comfort zone because they weren't able to regularly run the ball. They almost had to abandon it in the second right. half because they, they were only just... had 21 carries in the yeah. game, and three of those are Mariota. So you're yeah. telling me uh, Derrick Henry and Demarco Murray combined for less than 20 carries in a game? Yeah, that's a recipe for disaster if you're the Titans. Oh yeah, because even they're... though you think Mariota is going to be your franchise guy that's not the titan style of football mm. and when they get into that it's not what you want to see it doesn't it doesn't uh bode well for them and i think part of that too is just the fact that they have so many new receivers yeah it's got to be impossible to have continuity especially when a lot of them were missing long periods of the off-season program and training camp Corey Davis didn't come back till right before the season. Mm-hmm. Eric Decker, I think, missed the entire preseason. Uh, I think Tawan Taylor was even out for a while, one of their rookies. So, yeah. Their receivers will have some uh, some growing to do inside the offense, it seems like. And it, and it wasn't even against a, kind of a world-beating defense. I mean, yeah, they have Khalil Mack, Bruce yeah. Irvin, a good uh, safety, um, Carl Joseph. Yeah, and um, Reggie Nelson still makes yeah, plays, but it's it's not it's it wasn't really one of the better defenses in the league last year. No, and I don't think it will be by the yeah. season's end either. So I mean, that it, it it shines a little light on maybe hey, the come the game coming up might be a pretty good matchup for what yeah. We have. This might be one of the best matchups in football next week or this weekend, I should say. So let's get hot and heavy into it. Jaguars versus Titans, 1 p.m., Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, The last time these two faced off against each other, (laughs) the Titans were making a playoff push, and that was also at Everbank Field. And the Jaguars came out and shut them up real quick, made the Titans uh, really, really regret accidentally sending out playoff tickets because they ended up not making the playoffs. They also lost their quarterback for the season. And, you know, the Jaguars pretty much just squashed their hopes of of having a positive outcome in 2016 to their season. Ending it with a Jalen Ramsey pick six. Right. Absolutely. Oh, nothing better. First pick six of Jalen Ramsey's career. So, seeing... Seeing that type of performance against the Titans really makes you wonder why Taylor Lewan has adopted this no bad days. <laughs> that was a damn bad day if you were a Titan. Yeah. 
and it's kind it's kind of been a re- recurring theme throughout the the, the off season for the Titans. It's just no bad days. Yeah. It doesn't seem with the they've been struggling to put points on the board even through the preseason. Yeah. They don't start off too high. <laughs> they can't really impose their will like they want to. They're getting out of their game plan. It might not be a good day on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Because there's some smash mouth football that's about to come through here. No doubt about it. Now, we want to give a quick shout-out to the Sundays in Nashville blog. They're a blog that covers the Titans. Uh, they can be found at sundaysinnashville.com. We did a Q&A uh, swip swap with them this week. We answered some questions for them about the Jaguars and about the upcoming matchup and vice versa. You can check out our answers that are already posted up on their website. Again, sundaysinnashville.com. And we will be posting our Q&A with them tomorrow. So make sure to look out for that to get some insight from Titans writers about what they actually see going on. So good, big shout out to those guys. They are super friendly, and I'm sure we'll do the same thing again next time we talk mm-hmm. later in the season. Although, after the two teams play, we might not be as amicable. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Everyone is all cool, calm, and collected because we haven't uh, had that first matchup of the yep. season yet, but we'll see how that goes. Now, Jonathan Cyprian is out, the former Jaguars safety. And uh, LaShawn Sims is supposed to return this week, who he was their highest-rated player, according to Pro Football Focus last year. That's their cornerback. If he returns, they'll have LaShawn Sims, Logan Ryan, who's a new addition from the Patriots, and Adoree Jackson out there at corner. That's not a bad group of corners. But I think at best, their best corner would be our third corner. Yeah, easily. Is LaShawn Sims better than Aaron Colvin? I don't know. Uh, I would, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I haven't seen enough of, of LaShawn Sims to begin with. Yeah, <laughs> He's so, still relatively unknown. So, I mean, I mean, in my opinion, you're looking at at least... Jaguars have at least two, maybe three corners that are better than the Titans' best. Yeah. So that's pretty interesting. And their best player in their secondary by far, in my opinion, is Kevin Byard, young safety. Uh, he's, he's a good player, so you'll have to watch out for him, the free safety, Byard. He will probably be out there making some plays on some of our receivers and maybe even coming down in the box a little bit, hitting on our running backs. Although I have a feeling... <laughs> Leonard Fournette might be hitting their safeties more than their <laughs> yeah, safeties are hitting that's Leonard what I was just about to say. So, yeah, they'll be down Jonathan Cyprian, which for them it might not even be a negative. I was looking forward Cyprian to Cyprian not being out there. I was there. looking forward for to For us, it is a him. negative. You want Cyprian out there missing tackles. <laughs> yeah. So, absolutely. Uh, but moving past the secondary, well, actually, let's stick with the secondary for one more second. Do you think these Jaguars receivers as they are should be able to take advantage of this secondary, or it might be a push. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's still a lot of talent. I mean, we, with Allen Robinson leading the charge, they were one uh, in the top half of the league um, as far as receivers, trio, receiver yeah. trios. So, I mean... Probably top ten if you're talking trios. Yeah. So, uh, you know, having, whether it's Allen Hearns or Marquise Lee um, as the number one guy... They should be able to make things happen. He's in, they're both incredibly athletic. Um, I don't think they'll necessarily need to rely on them. 
they don't right. want to. But can they come down with the plays in the clutch? Like last week after Robinson went out, which was the first drive, mm. Lee was often the target for Blake Bortles on third down. Yeah, You watched that game today. Mm. A lot of those plays did not convert yeah. for whatever reason. There was some Marquise, a Marquise Lee drop. One of them, Marquise Lee, uh, got pass interference called against the defender. He was getting loved a lot. Uh, so, you know, those two guys need to hook up on third down. Mm-hmm. And, and Alan and Hurd's made some plays on third down. Yeah. Um, he, he, he had a nice a long 20-yard pass on the first drive of the game. There was a clutch. Right, I think it was, after Robinson went out. Exa- yeah, I think it was the next play. Yeah. And then I think the biggest thing for me – and I think Alan Hearns made a third down conversion in the in the drive right after the uh, the Texans scored on the touchdown drive for the yeah. Jaguars, where uh, right before they got to the goal line, Hearns' catch is what got them to the goal. Yeah, line. yeah. So it just the way they responded. By the way, I was so worried. Right, that's what you scored. never see from a Jaguars team in the past. It was a momentum shift, and then you just try and hold them off. Right. Every time the Jaguars would have negative momentum shift. They would implode in recent years. Yeah. That did not happen on Sunday, and that's a big factor. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's I, I I really do think that they'll be able to do things against the secondary. I'm not over overwhelmed with them nearly as much as I was with Houston's, and they were more than capable. Even if Blake Bortles' percent throw, completion percentage wasn't great, he didn't throw for a lot of yards, but. He well, got, his he, completion percentage would have been above average had there not been four or five drops. Yeah. So. So I mean, it, it it's something where they can they'll they should be able to do enough against this secondary to where even if they're having to rely on their passing game a little bit, there's no one guy on the other side of the football that scares me. Right. To be honest, Kevin Byard would be the closest thing to that in my opinion. Yeah. That's safety, but we'll see about that. He he could be in for a big year. This is year three, I believe, for him. So and they got a good defensive front that yeah. that can really help out a secondary. Yeah, we'll get into that a little bit for sure. Actually, we'll get into it right now. I wanted to talk about the Jaguars' offensive line and the running game specifically for both sides of the ball. Both teams, all they want to do is come out and run the ball. Jaguars have Leonard Fournette. They have Chris Ivory, who had a good game last week, and they have TJ Yeldon coming back from injury this week. He's been practicing already. Which which one of these two teams is going to control the game with their running game, or are both teams just going to have some long freaking drives? Yeah, it's to me. It's I feel like it's going to be one of those like two and a half hour games where it's just each team just has a 10, 12 play nine and a half minute drive each time yeah to where the clock never stops because they're always running the ball um it's like i said it's just going to be smash mouth they're just going to run it downfield um do you think the titans can actually do that against the jaguars though because they weren't able to do it against the raiders last week yeah demarco murray was held to 44 yards derrick henry had 20 something (laughs) those two combined for less than 70 yards or around 70 yards yeah, I mean they, they the Titans have a much better offensive line than the Texans have. I mean it's light years better, not even close. Um, they they should have I think more success because the the just quantity 
they're going to pound the ball unless, like they were with the Raiders, way behind. Right. Um, I, I, there, no one's going to be as bad as Houston was last week. So, I mean, they face a tough test. I mean, I, I'm trying to temper my expectations because before the Houston game, I was doom and gloom and just like, I really hope but it is But in terms there. of defense and specifically run defense, that has not been an issue for a while in Jacksonville. No, no. It's, that's been kind of the strong point, and it just the offense wasn't there to keep them off the field enough. Um, so, I, I mean, yeah, I think we should be able to, to stifle them. But then, then again, last year in the Thursday night game, we should have been able to do that, and we not just got ugly. gashed. Yeah. We didn't have Clays Campbell. No, certainly not. So, uh, he's definitely going to help. And we didn't have Miles Jack being yeah. what Miles Jack is now. So, I mean... And the role that he's in. Though. I'm just... I'm so baffled with what my expectations should be from here on out that I'm, I'm fighting whether to be conservative or aggressive and just say, no, just there's no way in hell the Titans are going to be able to run on us. They're going to average like two yards a carry, and they're going to be forced to throw the ball into a wasp nest that is our secondary. I mean, it's... it's. What concerns me most, honestly, about them is Mariota's legs. I, yeah. His so Sean Watson got a little bit going against the Jaguars' defense mm-hmm. last week. Mariota's gotten it going big time against the Jaguars' defense in uh, years past I think he had like an 80 yard game winning run against us two years ago I think the key is going to be his mobility and um, excuse me Delaney Walker how much of an impact he can have on the game speaking of Delaney Walker he says him and uh, Calais Campbell are good friends he says if my mom's wearing the other other, other team's <laughs> jersey I'm going to hit her too so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. And I, I'm like, well, is your mom six foot eight, three hundred pounds? <laughs> yeah. Did she? You record, don't know. Did she He's record a... four sacks last week? I'm not. She sure. might have if she was if she suited up. If, yeah, if she the was Texans. playing the Texans, she might have no doubt about it. But yeah, that'll be interesting. And they, obviously, Walker might chip on Campbell, but that's not going to be the primary matchup for Walker. The primary matchup for Walker is probably going to be a little bit of Miles Jack. A mm-hmm. little bit of Gibson, a little bit of Barry Church. Yep. And the Jaguars, those three guys, they really need to show out against Delaney Walker because he's one of the best tight ends in the league. The Jaguars are just so plagued with struggling with tight ends. Obviously, last week they didn't happen because <laughs> they just decided to hurt all the tight ends. Yeah. But in, in recent history, and really not just recent history, over the last decade or so, the Jaguars have been one of the most lenient teams against opposing tight ends. So you definitely want to see those guys, Miles Jack, Barry Church, Deshaun Gibson, really step their game up against Delaney Walker. Now, before we get too far into our Titans preview, we're going to break it up here a little bit, and we're going to get our Pop Top segment presented by Bold City Brewery, the one and only sponsor of the Jim Jack podcast. We know it's not October yet. But that's not going to stop us from drinking some Oktoberfest from Bold City Brewery downtown. Just got tapped this week. We're really excited to try it. So let's go ahead and give it a whirl, Scott, if we can get this crowler open. Oh, yeah. There we go. i got to finish what's in my glass first. (laughs) For the Pop Top segment, we're going to have a chugging segment. I was finishing off a... uh, 
Nitro Milk Stout over here while Scott was drinking the Dunkel Lager that's a uh, exclusive to Bold City Downtown as well. It looks nice. It does. <laughs> and we're drinking out of these uh, these German are, pint glasses. So These German are like our, our official podcast <laughs> mugs. Yeah. They're just good mugs. I like them. Can't complain about it. Alright, here we go. I feel like I'm in Germany all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's good. That is a damn good Oktoberfest. So make sure to go check that out. You can get Oktoberfest at either location, Roselle or Bold City Downtown. And despite being in heavily flooded areas, both are going to be open for business this week. So that's awesome. Really, really good news. You were super worried about all the downtown buildings oh, yeah. after some of the images we were seeing. But the game Sunday was even in doubt. Yeah, at one and point. yeah, obviously that's news. The Jaguars will be playing at home. The Jaguars will be donating five thousand tickets, and the Jaguars are don't or not the Jaguars. Shad Khan, the owner of the Jaguars, he is the Jaguars. Let's yeah. be real. He's donating a million dollars to hurricane relief. He's obviously also got these initiatives going out with uh, the ticket packages, doing doing the the uh, ticket package with Generation Jaguar with us again. You can check out any of our social media pages at Generation Jaguar on Facebook and Instagram, at Generation Jag on Twitter, to find out information about our ticket and hurricane relief package. It's $45.00. You get a ticket to the game, and ten of your ten dollars of your purchase goes towards hurricane relief efforts with Hurricane Irma rolling through Jacksonville here. So yeah, back to this beer. I'm really digging it. I think that's one of my favorite ones we've had from them in a while because it, it's just like it's smooth. It's not overpowering in any way, and it's not. It's not your typical Oktoberfest. I feel like most of the Oktoberfests are a little bit lighter than this. Yeah. But it works. It's a nice golden... Mm, can't even talk because I'm enjoying it so much <laughs> over here. Now, we've got a lot more to get into with the Jaguars and Titans preview. Can the Jaguars penetrate the pocket against Mariota? And do you think they should? Or do you think they should try to contain Mariota? It's going to be a lot different. Because do you remember what they did against the Green Bay Packers in week one of Mm. 2016? Instead of pinning their ears back and getting to the quarterback, they kind of tried to create a... Like a contain. A contain around around, uh, Aaron Rodgers because he's so mobile. Uh, So, I don't know. What, What would you do if you were in that position? Um... I mean, you got to be able to. You wouldn't want to put a leash on your dogs. Yeah. I mean, let them go at it. I mean, I'm sure Miles Jack is going to be hanging around, or Telvin Smith. You know, not spy necessarily. A little bit. Maybe a spy. Maybe just kind of a low, kind of underneath zone to where they're not just always in man to man, leaving a lot of open territory for Mariota to get around. Yeah. You got to. You can't get too far out of your comfort zone. Because of one certain player, but this guy's got the ability to kill you, and we've seen yeah. that in the past. He, I think he ran for like an eighty-five yard touchdown on us. Yeah, 
Game winning. Yeah. Yeah, I say the Jaguars pin their ears back and hit the crap out of them as yeah. much as they can. Pressure. Just that's what I'm <laughs> that's what I'm about. You've got a front four that has the ability now, and we'll really see if they have the true ability against the Titans. Because mm-hmm. the Titans have one of the best offensive lines in football. You wouldn't have known it last week. Uh in terms of their overall performance, although I think they only gave up one sack. So Again, though, the Raiders' front is nothing compared to the Jaguars' yeah. front. But you'll see a lot a lot more about what the Jaguars' defensive front is all about in this one. But if you have Calais Campbell and Malik Jackson with Unique Ngakwe and Dante Fowler, I say you pin your ears back and go get them. Yeah. You got to. I, like, I can't I, forget about Avery Jones. He is a big man that can penetrate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm one of my favorite quotes of all time that I think about all the time is Mike Tyson. Everybody's got a game plan until they get punched in the mouth. That's right. Go rattle his cage. That's right. <laughs> Punch him square in the mouth. Right on the first drive. Just go get him. Yeah. Let's go. That's what I'm all about, man. And like Henry and, uh, Murray are two guys that can deliver knockout blows of their own, so that'll be a really interesting battle, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Can't wait to see it's, it. It's, to a good, it's a good matchup of strength versus, versus strength. It really is. These teams. And it's, it's going to be exciting to watch. No doubt about it. So, our pass protection in Jacksonville, stellar in week one. <laughs> As we all expected. Right, yeah. Who didn't <laughs> expect the Jaguars' offensive line that... Uh, has given up the most sacks in the NFL over the last four or so years to Blake, poor Blake Bortles. Uh, but, of course, they weren't terrible last year, but the years prior were just abysmal. So, pass protection. Brian Arakpo, Jarrell Casey, Derek Morgan, Wesley Woodyard is a linebacker back there, Avery Williamson. What do you think? Uh Agpo got the better of us last year. Yeah, I can tell you that. Yeah, no, I don't think they're that. It's a great cast. I don't think it's the quality of Merciless Watt and Clowney. Well, it's definitely not. And that—that's a question. Do you think the Texans were just emotionally drained? It would that, but to me, they would have had to have come out. That that um, uh, the emotional entrance and coming back to the city that's been ravaged by this hurricane, you would think that at the begin, if anything, at the beginning they would come out supercharged and and have the swell. You're right. Of but it was from the get go that the Jaguars' yeah. offensive line was taking advantage of them. So it's it's baffling to me. I I, I certainly didn't expect this complete 180. To, to the from the shuffling act of trying to figure out who's in the left guard. Um, Cam Robinson sure don't hurt though. Whew, Neither does that Brandon boy Blender, could play. But we all knew Blender could do it. But I mean, to me, one game, it's an anomaly. Two games, it's a trend. and it's a trend. Yeah. And and we can be a bit more confident forecasting. Hey, what are these guys really capable of? Yeah. And the thing about the one game, it wasn't like. It was only for a couple drives. They did it every drive. They gave up one hurry and zero sacks to the best defensive line in football. 
That's crazy. Second best now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's really hard to put into words how shocking it was to see what happened, what unfolded. J.J. Watt getting pancaked by multiple different players. Cam Robinson had another one that was just as impressive, where J.J. Watt was on the left side of the line of scrimmage. <laughs> if you're on offense, he was on the left side. And Cam Robinson, it looks like, just barely pushes him. But he pushes him, and J.J. Watt flies clear <laughs> yeah. to the other side yeah. of the line of scrimmage. Just, it's like he just passed him along to Parnell. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was really something to see. Cam Robinson looks so amazing, right? Yeah. There were, there were times where he got beat, few and far between, but as a rookie coming out playing left tackle against maybe the best defense he's going to face all year, it was just a stellar start to a career. Yeah, I'm with you there. So Jaguars, like I've talked about, don't traditionally get off to a fast start yeah. to their seasons and to games. Well, in week one, they did both. They scored points in the first half, scored points on their first drive, and they won the game, finished the game. They're off to a hot start this season. Does it continue? It'll need to against the Titans. And the thing about the Titans is in 2016, they got off to hot starts. But they weren't able to do that last week, obviously, against the Raiders. So who gets off to a faster start in this game? Who scores first, I think, is going to be important. Yeah. I really do. you got to come out and establish yourself. Because once, once you, can, you can put somebody kind of out of their comfort zone, having, even if it's one score, having that pressure of, if we don't do something, they're going to get the ball back and have an opportunity to go up two scores on us. And if the earlier in the game you can do that, it gets them more out of their game plan. It gets them... Exactly what they were doing against the Raiders. Exactly. Yeah, and it's, it's just a recipe for success because you can guide them into a place that you want them to be and having to be one-dimensional and do things like that and, and just putting points on the board. You'd like them to be touchdowns because who knows if your kicker's reliable. <laughs> right. But, I mean, it's... It's hugely important. I mean, we started out with six. It was a six nothing lead, and it seemed like a lot more than that just from the way it was it played. Did. It did, and the Jaguars should have scored some more points at the beginning, but they were still scoring points in the first quarter. Yeah, and the second quarter, and by the end of the second quarter, they were up nineteen zip. Mm-hmm. So it was a good start. It was. Now, I did a really in depth breakdown of Blake Bortles' film from that game. He was not perfect, but like I said, a lot of times he put the ball where it needed to be and it wasn't hauled in by the receiver. A few other times he had some throws that weren't completely accurate that led to some incompletions. But for the most part, he was on the money. Johnny on the spot. Good decisions. He went through his progressions and Mm -hmm. stood in the pocket and didn't freak out Yeah, (laughs) and delivered strikes. One of my favorite plays, it wasn't a deep pass long downfield. It was uh, it was a play that was designed to go downfield. His first progression was to the right, second to the middle. You can see his head moving. It's beautiful to watch yeah. when you really can break it down and see it happening the way it's supposed to happen. The head's moving quickly. He finally sees Fournette, who there's a defensive end in between him and Fournette. Yeah. And he gives it a not even a real pump fake, but just like 
He like a little shoulder, arm, a little bit, a little shoulder shimmy, and decides to hold onto the ball for just a split second longer, which allowed Fournette to get further downfield and allowed the ball to not be deflected or maybe even picked off by that defensive end that is in between the two players. Yeah, and that was just such a heady play. It didn't look like Blake Bortles to me, and he had multiple plays like that where. He goes through his progressions and finds the right, the right pass. Yeah. His first completion to Allen Robinson was like that, mm-hmm. and his second one to Allen Hearns. They were both pretty much the same route by Robinson and Hearns, but neither of them was the first progression. Yeah, it was great. To and see. Lo- even looking back at last week, what we talked about the checklist of what we would need to do to win the game, it, or even our dream scenarios where Blake Bortles just plays mediocre, but he doesn't turn the ball over. And he lets the, the he, running game do his thing. He fulfilled that dream for one Absolutely. week, no doubt about it. Now, Jason Myers didn't. <laughs> yeah. Going three of four is not terrible. Uh, 75%. It's not league average. You want to be above 80%, obviously. And then the one he missed was a 39-yarder. That's almost an automatic. You cannot miss a 39-yard kick, especially in close games. Then you miss the extra point. You can't miss the extra point. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens with the Jaguars kicker situation the rest of the year. And if they, if he loses them a game, they have to do something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I mean, you, you can't sit around. And I mean, going three for four, If he, let's, let's say he makes two this next week. Then he's five for six. Yeah. That's not as, that's, that's. That's not that bad. Don't miss an extra point. Yeah, don't miss extra points. You can miss one or two throughout the season just Honestly, because of the if numbers. if you miss like three or four, maybe even five, that's okay. People five were, is pushing. People were putting them under the, under the burner for seven. Right, so maybe four. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, okay, I can live with it if his field goal percentage It's just, It's good. the first game of the season. He hasn't had yeah. a stellar preseason. It'll be interesting to see what happens with him the rest yeah. of the way for sure. And again, getting back to penalties, Jaguars cannot commit 10 penalties. Again, some of them last week seemed a little bit questionable. Maybe some hometown calls over there. But <laughs> cannot have 10 penalties in this game. You cannot start out the game with a false start penalty. Mercedes. Can't do it. <laughs> so... The Jaguars obviously had a stellar week last week, but they've got a lot to work on still. Now let's get to the rest of the AFC South. First off, division rankings. Jaguars 1-0, first place. Everybody else, last place. We're first in the league, too, actually. We're number one team. (laughs) We're tied for number one with 16 or 15 others. but Not if you go by turnover. (laughs) Deferential. Well, that's right. If we're doing the uh, tiebreakers and whatnot, absolutely, we'd be up there. But Colts got humiliated in Los Angeles. The only other defense in the NFL that was as impressive as the Jaguars' defense in Week 1 was the Rams, (laughs) who scored two touchdowns. They had a bunch of sacks themselves. And Can you imagine what we're going to do facing Houston one more time and then the Colts two times? Yeah, that, that defensive line should just tee off. Oh my goodness. No question about it. So the Colts return home to take on the Cardinals, who also had an underwhelming performance in Week 1. But Cardinals, Colts, how did the Colts win that? Jacoby Brissett, lighten it up. (laughs) 
They gotta go, move on. Tolzien's to. terrible. Yeah. T.Y. Hilton needs to save my fantasy team. Just gotta <laughs> do it. <laughs> yeah. The so, defense is is it's got nice young pieces, but it's it is paper thin at this point. Oh my god, it's, it's bad. Garbage. Hot garbage. Yeah. Yeah, my note here. Will the Colts look like an NFL team? <laughs> Honestly. Can they even compete in this game? It doesn't look likely. They did Cardinals did just lose David Johnson again, hurting my fantasy team. Yeah. But <laughs> I think they'll still Carson, be able to run the Carson ball, Palmer looks pretty old. Their defense is good. I think Carson Palmer is going to look old against good teams and look fine against the Colts. And that's kind of been his M.O. Yeah. the last couple years. Is right. that... like he was pretty good against okay teams and yeah. then in the playoffs. Yep. Yikes. So, no, I, I don't think there's any chance they win. Um, I don't think there's any chance any of the AFC South teams win besides us. All right. I like to hear <laughs> Just that. Say. So, Texans, Bengals. At Cincinnati, Thursday night football, tomorrow. They both were two of the... Besides, outside of the Colts and... Um, well, Texans are here. But outside of the Colts, these might have been the two worst yeah. disappointments of the of the weekend. I mean, the Bengals stunk it up against the Ravens. The Ravens' and, defense dominated them. And they have two things in common. A terrible offensive line and limitations on, on playmakers. Outside of their number one guys. Who do you think wins that one? I still think Cincinnati does because they have they have more options on offense. They have A.J. Green to match Houston's DeAndre Hopkins. A.J. Green's better than DeAndre. Yeah, yes, I agree. Um, Love DeAndre. They've got a He's tr- top five, but A.J. <laughs> Green's like amazing. Yeah. <laughs> they, they've got a trio of running backs who are, are, are pretty good to great uh, to good. Um, well, I would say that's a an elite backfield. Yeah. You have Joe Mixon does everything. Jeremy Hill, who has power and speed, and Gio, who's one of the best third-down scat backs out there. So. Yeah, it's one of the most complete and deepest. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Tyler Eifert's a big-time player. Um, they might struggle with the Texans' defense. Yeah. Because that offensive line played very poorly. They lost so much. Yeah. They lost uh, Zeitler and they lost Whitworth. Whitworth. Yeah. Because we're their two best offensive linemen. I still think that they get it done just because... They're at home, for one. They're at home, yeah. And they're going up against what seemingly hobbled Deshaun Watson um, on his first road start in his NFL career. Yeah. So it's just... I think they get it done. They have a lot to prove moving forward if they're going to be a playoff team. But um, now, We have a really interesting Bengal who's going to show up in our PFF Minute. But before we do the PFF Minute, let's go ahead and get out our prediction for this game. Jaguars, Titans. I mean, I've already embraced... I've, I was struggling halfway through the podcast, but I'm just going to get full on embrace it. We're going to... We're gonna blow it every time. Oktoberfest, liquid curds. Yeah, no, it's following the game plan from last week. Even if it's not perfected, like it was, will it should be effective? And with this defense, well, it still wasn't perfect last week. Defensively, it was close to perfect. It was close. Offensively, it wasn't. Yeah, no, there was a lot to improve on offensively. But even if you get similar production out of both sides of the ball, you we are going to be in a ton of football games. 
especially if we're not turning the ball over and we're creating turnovers to give well, us the extra thing possessions. Is the Jaguars were already in a ton of football games. They <laughs> yeah. had to win a ton of football games. Yeah. So I I think I think they the Titans have yet to really prove throughout the preseason and the, the, the dud in the week one what kind of team they will be. They were pretty good last year and were thought very highly of coming into this year, but haven't really earned any of the accolades that they've been handed down. I've seen every NFL rankings list, which I, it doesn't mean a lot because it's just opinion. Every single ranking that I've seen still ranks the Titans higher than the Jaguars right now. Yeah. Every okay. single one of them. The Jaguars are the second lowest rated team with a winning record on most um, on most power rankings yeah. this week. Be- because we're like easy to ahead have. of the Rams and mm-hmm. most of them. Because, like I said earlier, it could just be an anomaly, but we need to string together impressive performances to really prove that we're deserving. Uh, there will be no one on the. Uh, I don't think there will be anyone that is not on the Jaguars bandwagon if they win this. Game. Yeah, it's watching morning football talk shows or Sports Center or whatever. Is going to start talking about oh, dark horse two and zero in the division. Yeah, they're two games in uh, two games ahead in, in the second week. There's no room left on this jag wagon. Yeah, <laughs> we've been we've struggled and earned through blood, sweat, and tears to, yep. <laughs> to reap what we sow. So score. Ooh, but I didn't put me on the spot. I think I it's going to be. I think it's going to be pretty pretty low scoring. It's probably going to be like a. Uh, well, you know, 21-17 kind of game. Jaguars 21, Titans. Yeah, I think it's going to be close. I do I do think that they're going to have more success than, than the Texans are um, just because they're honestly better at this point at, on the offensive line and at quarterback. Um, so I think, I think it's going to be a close game, but give me the Jags, man. <laughs> Give yeah. me some momentum and some hope for this season. All right. I'm not going to be as modest as you are here. I didn't like what I saw from the Titans offense last week against not a great defense in the Oakland Raiders. Mm-hmm. I love what I saw from the Jaguars defense last week. Yes, they were playing against an offense that wasn't anywhere close to par, but they shut down DeAndre Hopkins. Mm. They shut down the Houston Texans running game. Which, by the way, we've never really analyzed this possibility. Maybe the Texans aren't as inept offensively as the Jaguars made them look. Tom Savage was not terrible last season. He was not terrible in the preseason. Maybe the Jaguars are as good as they looked last week. Give me Jaguars 26, Titans 10. All right. Second straight blowout. Let's, hey. Let's do it. I, I'll, I will sign up for that right now. Let's do it. Now, PFF minute. Brandon Linder was the fourth highest rated center in the league. No surprise there. Kudos to you, Brandon. Keep up the good work. Leonard Fournette forced the fourth most <laughs> missed tackles. Sorry, I was getting a little bit of a four conundrum there with my mouth. (laughs) Fournette forces the fourth most missed tackles out of any running back in the NFL. 
in week one. So, he was making people miss. He wasn't just pounding it up the gut for a couple yards every play. He was making people miss with spin moves, with running people over. Any way you could do it, he did it last week. It was awesome to see. He also finished third in average yards after contact. That means running people over, breaking tackles. Gotta love to see that. Uh, Unique Ngakwe and Calais Campbell rank second and fourth in pass rush productivity. Or excuse me, second and third in pass rush productivity according to Pro Football Focus. And this is our PFF Minute interesting Bengals tidbit. Who came in first last week? It's got to be Chris Smith. No? No? I thought there was going to be a Jaguars connection. It's a connection to you. To me? Oh, Carl Lawson. Carl Lawson. Yeah. Oh, what do you know? He's, pass he's actually good team. at pass rushing. That's crazy. Who would have thought that? Yep. <laughs> For those that don't know, Carl Lawson's a pass rusher out of Auburn. He's a rookie, and Scott was really high on him. In our redraft, he would have had the Jaguars drafting him. So... That's pretty cool. Kudos to you, Scott. I like that. Kudos to you. I don't like that he's a Bengal, but I like that I happen to be right on one of the many crazy things I say (laughs) (laughs) so far. Now, keep one, let one walk. Cam Robinson. Yup. You know who's next. Who's it? Taylor Lewan. Taylor. (laughs) Goodness gracious. Taylor Lawan. Taylor. Titans starting left tackle. Stinking Lawan. Jaguars starting left tackle. Taylor Lawan's an all pro, pro bowler. Cam Robinson. Rookie. A lot of upside. I'm going to base my decision entirely on one game because that's I, I think that's how real professionals do it. Um, <laughs> Taylor Lawan, I remember struggling his first year. He had some upside, but. There were still kind of some questions. What kind of player is he going to be? Turns out, pretty darn good. Cam Robinson has been the best, not just at his position, but in his sport, every level he's played at. Mm-hmm. He came in here with some questions, with a huge test in his first game. I still find it shocking that some people didn't think he was a first-round talent. I don't know how he wasn't the first tackle off the board. It's crazy. But anyways. <laughs> but, I mean, Taylor Wan's, a, I would say, the safer bet just because you have more tape on him and he's kind of who he is now. Um, but, I, I I mean, Cam Robinson, the, the, the ceiling is just sky high it at is. this point. He's got the body for it. He's got the athleticism. He's made real NFL players that have been in the league for quite a while just look silly. At he tossed J.J. Watt like a ragdoll. Yeah, like a bag of liquor bottles into a lake. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just the future for him seems so bright. I mean, I, of course I'm going to take the Jaguar, but it's legit he might very well be better than Taylor Lewan. Yeah. This At the end of this year, I'm not talking about years from now, if he continues on the path and just gets better from here, he, he could be one of the best at his position in all of football. You know, I thought I was going to be able to be 
unbiased with <laughs> and everything we do is a little bit biased but we try to be fair you know we want to provide honest opinions we yeah. don't and we want to provide accurate analysis we don't want to be just jaguars homers that always predict the jaguars to win because if somebody's better then we'll, we'll 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 come out and straight up say it right now last week we said jalen ramsey is better than DeAndre Hopkins. How, how did he look? <laughs> I think the answer to that is very clear. And it's very good. We, we we can put our money where our mouth is, and then next week just say, oh, we screwed up. We lied. Sorry. Right. <laughs> or so, we, were, we were right. I'm going to take Cam Robinson here, too. And I don't think it has that much to do with me thinking Cam Robinson's actually better than Taylor Lewan. I just hate the Titans. Yeah, they suck. They're <laughs> real, real bad. I hate those guys. <laughs> Freaking Titans. So, yeah, I'm taking Cam Robinson. But, no, in all seriousness, he could be much better than Taylor Lewan. Yeah. He absolutely could be. We'll see. Taylor Lewan, I think, has a tougher job this weekend than Cam Robinson does. Absolutely. But we'll see what happens there. That's going to wrap up our show. Just over an hour and 11 minutes here. But this show, as every show presented by Bold City Brewery, Again, we didn't have our intro, outro, we didn't have internet, so uh, we're just kind of flying blind here, but we had a good show, I think. Y'all let us know if we didn't, and please subscribe to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. If you could leave us a review on I, or, excuse me, on iTunes, if you so choose, if you enjoy what we do, please do leave us a review. It helps us out a lot with people being able to find us on the podcast app and such. So... We appreciate those that have already left reviews and thank the ones that will go ahead and do that in the future. Please check us out at genjag.com. You can find out all our membership information. All our members get to drink and eat for free at Home Game Tailgates. You can check out all the latest news and analysis, videos, podcasts. We got it all there for you. Make sure to check out Bold City Brewery at Bold City Brewery on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Online at boldcitybrewery.com. You can follow Scott Klein at Scott Klein one Pretty sure he's trending right now on Twitter. You can follow myself at Jordan DeLugo on Twitter. And follow Generation Jaguar on Twitter at Generation Jag. That's going to do it for our show today. Have a great day, Duval. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.